This week on the podcast, I am really excited because this is a hybrid podcast expert plus webinar with Kathleen Murphy from givingtuesday.org. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. How's it going, Kathleen? Pretty well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, gosh. It's such a pleasure to have you. And, and you are the, the chief, the, the pooba. Oh, I'm not the, of the show. No? I'm not the pooba. No, none of us are the pooba. Um, Asha Curran is our CEO. She's, if, if anyone's the pooba, Asha's the pooba. <laughs> um, but we don't think about it that way. Um, and, and people will refer to us as experts often, and we do not think of us ourselves that way at all. There's, so there is a team that runs Giving Tuesday, but we learn so much from organizations and people all around the world about how they use Giving Tuesday, we do not view ourselves as experts. I get this feeling that they see you, they see givingtuesday.org, and they assume, like many things, that just because you're at the head of the parade and your title's at the head of the parade, that you know everything going on behind you of the, like, the 400 million, the millions of dollars, hundreds of millions 100%. of dollars raised, and every single story you're like, and every single bit of data, like, obviously, you're at the head of that parade. Your name's on the on the head of that. You must know everything going on. And you're just like, what? No, no, we, we can't possibly know everything. Um, we find things out six, seven, eight months later that happened Giving Tuesday the previous year. It's amazing. Yeah, I'd it's say this amazing. is the exact opposite of a command and control situation. Absolutely. This is Absolutely. like a wa- watch and wonder and be like, wow. And it's it's by design, right? Uh, yeah. We, we uh, Asha and Henry Timms, designed this whole thing in a way where people could take it and turn it into something new. And it's a, it's a distributed model. And because of that, we have limitations to some of the things that we're able to track uh, and our methods for finding things out. Uh, it's inherent uh, to the design of the whole movement, but that we're okay with that. That's the reason it's scaled. And so we're okay with that. I don't want to take away too much of the thunder of a webinar that literally is going to be part of this audio uh, exclusive broadcast with uh, our, our podcast. So I actually wanted to spend a bit more time about you in our preamble, postamble, and some questions about how, how did you get into this role? How did uh, it find you or you find it? A combination of the two of those things. I led Illinois Giving Tuesday for it would have been six years prior to joining the, the Giving Tuesday team. So I worked at Forefront. That was the Illinois State Association of Nonprofits and Foundations. And we called Henry and Asha the second year Giving Tuesday was happening. And we were really nervous because we wanted to say, hey, we want to bring, not only do we want to steal your idea and bring it here to Illinois, but we want to we want to call it something different. We want to change the logo. Uh, and we were really nervous about this phone call. And Henry Ash was like, yes, you should absolutely take it. Please do. And that whole hand raisers process has been part of the, re- again, part of the reason Giving Tuesday has exponentially grown. So what is, a, what is a hand raiser process? So we have 180 chapters, community campaigns is what we call them, all across the U.S., 60 countries uh, around the world. And they are led by people who raise their hand and say, I want to make this idea better and I want to bring it to my country or my community in some way. And they're the leaders of this movement. It's the reason that Giving Tuesday has grown so quickly and so fast. Yeah, it seems like it's more about listening rather than recruiting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to that end, you raise your hand. You said, hey, so I raised my hand. we got to change hey, all this wanna... stuff out here. Um, uh, is that cool? We created a Giving Day around Giving Tuesday for the entire state of Illinois. We had 900 participating nine nonprofits raised $13 million. Uh, we've found it as a way, a, a really great way to bring new donors into the fold for Illinois nonprofits. So I ran that for seven years, uh, joined the Giving Tuesday team weeks before Giving Tuesday last year. It felt like weeks. It was probably two months before Giving Tuesday last year. And it's been a whirlwind ever since. I'm kind of just curious, like when does the, like, when do the winds start to blow in terms of like 
oh gosh, we got to get all the ducks in a row and Tuesdays in a line. So we work on this all year. It starts to hit us, our team personally, about July is when we start to say, okay, it's coming. By Labor Day, all hands on deck. Yeah, it's it's interesting because from and when uh, and it doesn't slow down. Until it just goes on hundred miles an hour. January and then we're in. We host a convening for all of the hand raisers that I just mentioned. There's one in the U.S. and then there's one uh, internationally for our global leaders. It's like a conference it's where they get to meet each other in person, which we find really important. They're talking to each other on Slack the entirety of the rest of the year, planning for Giving Tuesday. So we find value in bringing them all together to talk all things Giving Tuesday. Um, so we start planning for that right after Giving Tuesday, January, February, we're planning for our conferences and then we're start the show up in <laughs> around July. It's a year round process. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad. Did you know that 83% of the people on average, according to MNR, that go to your donate page do not give? Check your doctor. Results may vary, but people leave your donate page at a staggering level. GetLighthouse.io allows you to create a list of emails that went to that donate page but didn't necessarily give, allowing you to send a note, a follow-up saying, hey, how can I help you give? It connects to Google Analytics and Mail to add this functionality to your existing site. Go check it out at getlighthouse.io and back to our show. I'd like to start before handing it over to our main guest, Kathleen, uh, about some Giving Tuesday predictions. So what happened in 2018? Uh, roughly 3.6 million gifts given, over 400 million totaled in donations around the day and billions upon billions of social mentions. Uh, what we think will happen in 2019 is a 26% increase to over $500 million. We're really excited. We are seeing some early indicators that there are more folks than ever getting ready to participate. I do have to caveat that predictions are hard, especially when they are about the future. This is in no way coming from Giving Tuesday. This is a whole whale annual attempt to predict the future. So Kathleen, Thanks, I'll hand George. it to you. Can't wait to find out. So I'm Kathleen Murphy. I am the Director of Digital Strategy and I'm the Assistant Director of Community Engagement on the Giving Tuesday Global Team. Before coming to the Giving Tuesday team, I led my local community campaign uh, here in Illinois, based outside of Chicago. And before that, I had a career in fundraising and politics. Uh, I connected a need with someone who cares that matters to me. So I'm so thrilled to be with all of you today. Thanks again, George, for having me. Um, whether we like it or not, the big day is happening in 42 days. I'm going to talk a little bit about the evolution of Giving Tuesday because it's changed over the years. Um, I want to share some things that we've learned over the past seven years and talk a little bit about some ways that your nonprofit can be creative in the way that you participate in Giving Tuesday. So Giving Tuesday started as a day for anyone, anywhere to give, and it's grown into the largest giving movement of all time by reach. There's activity happening in literally every Every country and continent around the world. And by now you know the story. It started with a really simple idea. You have Black Friday and Cyber Monday. They're so hugely popular. The team thought, what about adding Giving Tuesday? Could you add a day that reversed the trend? After all this consumerism, could we create a day where people would give back? And it was novel in the way that they designed it. Uh, they designed it from the start in a way that we hoped people would grab the idea and take it somewhere new. It's always been a story about people. What really supercharged Giving Tuesday was small communities, families, people all around the country and around the world saying, I'm going to make this part of my annual tradition. And what was so interesting about Giving Tuesday as we watched it grow was from the very first days, it was always a story about other people stepping up and raising their hand and saying, I want to make this idea better. 
when the team was first thinking about Giving Tuesday, some of the questions they asked were, how can we redefine community for the 21st century? And what does community even mean in an age where there are no boundaries? And it all started with people thinking outside the box and pushing what's possible. So we know Giving Tuesday is big, but why? As George mentioned, we raised nonprofits in the US raised $400 million online in one day that we know about. Um, and that's just a conservative estimate. We're not able to track offline fundraising. And this was in a year where low dollar individual giving was down. In fact, it was down every day of last year except for Giving Tuesday, which tells us something about Giving Tuesday is causing a spike in giving that's really similar to what happens uh, to the kind of giving that happens after a natural disaster. We say Giving Tuesday is the only thing that exists that spurs that kind of giving based on something positive rather than something terrible happening. It's exactly this reason that Giving Tuesday has resonated around the world. It, in a world where we can't agree on much, the one thing that brings all of humanity together is the value of generosity and the joy that it can bring. People find tremendous joy in giving, and when something brings you that amount of joy, you want to do it again. So when Giving Tuesday crossed oceans, it proved that generosity isn't just an American value, it's really a universal one. Part of what Giving Tuesday has accomplished is bringing a conversation around generosity into the public square where it just wasn't there before. We do awareness studies every year, and we're finding that people participate in Giving Tuesday in lots of different ways, and most people do more than one thing. The giving money is still the most common way that people participate, but most of those donors do something else as well. And we think there's a relationship between these things. Supporters want to get involved in lots of different ways, and because Giving Tuesday gives them this opportunity, they take advantage of that. Volunteering, giving goods, advocacy, this is important, and our work from here is to understand how those different pro-social behaviors intersect. We're not a world that's divided into people who have and people who need. Our team truly believes that everyone has something to give. In Nairobi last year, there were children in the slums who were painting rocks with messages of goodwill and kindness, and then they were hiding them so that other people would find them. In Venezuela, by this, uh, on the other side of the earth, by the time Giving Tuesday came around, they had a political crisis happening. Uh, between hyperinflation and power cuts, they had other things to deal with than asking people to give money. So instead, they focused on offline activations and a series of non-fundraising events, including giving out empanadas and hugs that fed not only the stomach, but the soul. We have two new campaigns happening this year, Giving Tuesday Military and Giving Tuesday Kids. Really excited about both of those that have nothing to do with fundraising at all. Uh, young people all around the world and military families all around the world are going to be doing acts of kindness and leading volunteer projects all on Giving Tuesday, all within the 24 hours of December 3rd. We're incredibly excited to see what comes of that. People want to be valued beyond what they can donate. They want to be valued for their skills, for their voice, for their beliefs, and for their values, and for their ability to move the needle on a cause in a range of ways. And it's particularly true when we think about young givers. So I think we need to stop seeing supporters in an old power way that their job is simply to give us money so that we can solve problems. We need to stop seeing people as donors and start seeing them more as owners. And if we can start saying to ourselves, how do we mobilize these people who want to help, who want to do more than simply give their money, but to give their time and give their ideas, Giving Tuesday is a moment that gives them the opportunity to do just that. So it's been seven years, believe it or not, and we've learned a thing or two about Giving Tuesday. It's about donors, right? Giving Tuesday is one out of three days out of the year. The others are the last two days of December where people are actively looking for organizations to support. Unlike the other 362 days a year where it's the other way around. Almost everyone who's aware of Giving Tuesday says to themselves, what can I do today to be generous? And it's really changed the dynamic between donors and nonprofits. 
So as a nonprofit fundraiser, you want to think about ways that you can tap that interest and that energy and be the recipient of these folks' generous act. Giving Tuesday has become a gateway to giving for young people around the world. In a survey we did last year, 76% of the 18 to 34 year olds who are aware of Giving Tuesday participate in some way. This is an incredibly powerful entry point for young givers. So think about Giving Tuesday as a way to be innovative and reach young people. In an earlier slide, I showed a graph that talks about how it's actually the minority of people who just give dollars on Giving Tuesday. Most people participate uh, by, by giving in another way or they do both things. We find that people are far more likely to give their money when they're also asked to do something else or to get involved with an, in a nonprofit in another way, whether it's at a different point on the letter of engagement or it's just by the virtue of the way you engage people in your work. Often so, someone actually doing something for your organization is a better predictor of donation than anything else that they do. So think about Giving Tuesday as a day of action in addition to a day of giving. We'll talk about some of the ways that you can do that in a little bit. Each year we survey our nonprofit participants and 82% of them uh, tell us that they use Giving Tuesday to experiment in some way. They're using a new tactic, a new tech tool. To, uh, they're trying out a different social media platform, reaching a new audience. There's all kinds of things that you can do with Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday was born on experimentation and innovation, and we are huge proponents of nonprofits using it for exactly that. 24% of all donations on Giving Tuesday are made on a phone. So if your giving portal isn't set up for frictionless mobile giving, you're having people, you're almost guaranteeing that you're having people abandon at that critical moment. So we encourage you to test it yourself. Make a gift on every type of a device that you have possible. Do it now. Give $5 and if it doesn't seem intuitive or easy to give to your own organization, it might be time to investigate a new tech platform. Giving Tuesday's data collaborative is the largest philanthropic data collaboration ever built. The project began when we wanted to find out the answer to how much was raised on Giving Tuesday. So it, it quickly became apparent though that with the quantity and diversity of data that we had, we could learn much more about giving. We could learn about the drivers behind it, the behaviors around it, what might inspire more of it. Lots of really exciting stuff to come. And it's not, we're not just thinking about Giving Tuesday, we're thinking about year round. From a messaging perspective, the ideals that really resonate across the globe are that you can drive local impact in the context of a global movement. So make sure you're talking about Giving Tuesday, not as fundraising Tuesday, um, but Giving Tuesday. People wanna be celebrated as givers and they wanna be thought of givers and not wallets. And I think that's a really, really important distinction. Think about how partner organizations might be help, able to help you amplify your message, get involved with your local community campaign if you're not already. There's a listing on our website of all the community campaigns. There are nearly 190 of them happening this year. These are local Giving Tuesday movements. I led my movement in Illinois. There's Giving Tuesday Hawaii. There's Giving Tuesday Alaska, Giving Tuesday Oklahoma City, 190 communities all over the world. And communities based around issue as well. Uh, we have an LGBTQ day happening this year. We have I Give Catholic, uh, which is a nationwide Catholic uh, organization movement. So we talked about making Giving Tuesday a day of action. Let's think about some ways that you can do that. Um, the obvious one is to donate to your cause, but we'll talk about some other ways that you can get givers, uh, give them some options in different ways to tap in. If you've not yet thought about implementing a peer-to-peer -peer campaign as part of your Giving Tuesday strategy for this year, I cannot recommend it enough. It's a great way to rally some of your supporters, maybe your junior board members uh, or folks who are really engaged in your organization, but not necessarily givers, and ask them to run a peer-to-peer -peer fundraiser on Giving Tuesday. It's a really great way to reach that next tier of donors uh, and possible supporters of your organization. From the beginning, social proof is really what has fueled Giving Tuesday, and peer-to-peer -peer is perfect for exactly that. 
Uh, Camp Kassam did really well with peer-to-peer -peer last year. They raised over $2 million from 40,000 donors, and they attributed a bulk of that to their peer-to-peer -peer strategy. I had one small organization raise the entirety of their operating budget last year within a few hours of Giving Tuesday. It was amazing. The executive director had called us in tears and we were really, I, what's wrong? What could it possibly be? Oh my God, what happened? And she said she raised her entire operating budget and they did it through peer-to-peer. If you have an Amazon wish list, think about running Giving Tuesday, uh, running a Giving Tuesday campaign to clear the list. Uh, think about if you can organize a drive for whatever it is that your clients need or what your organization needs. Socks, canned goods, maybe organize a, to a toy drive ahead of Giving Tuesday, ahead of the holidays. Uh, a lot of supporters really want to give their time. Can you run a campaign to ask folks to pledge to volunteer for your organization? Supporters want to give their time so that they can feel that they're making an impact. Think about staging a flash mob style volunteer activation. What does that look like if you organize all of your supporters to make a thousand sandwiches to feed the hungry in your town? Providing supporters with a menu of options is a really great strategy. Uh, there was a food bank last year that did one of those listicle type blog posts, the 11 ways that you can give to critically needed help to feed the hungry. Um, we had another organization, TAF, they had a really great mobile-friendly landing page where it listed just all of the different ways that supporters can participate. Uh, here's how you join our, join our fundraiser, and it would link out to how to create a Facebook fundraiser, uh, volunteer at TAF, learn more about TAF, all the different ways that you can, that you can plug in. Now, how do you move your folks to action? To move our people to action, we really need to understand who they are and give them permission to get involved. To build success for Giving Tuesday, we want to start planting seeds with folks as early as possible. Uh, my timeline here says four to five months out, so you're late is what I'm telling you. Uh, but think about, you can, you can still start planting seeds with folks now. You've got 42 days. Think about what, what touch points you have with people and the different ways that you can give your audience things to do that matter to them. Even though Giving Tuesday drives on digital platforms, don't neglect your other communication channels. Think about things like your print newsletter, real world events, the lobby that, of, the, of your organization, local coffee shops, canvas the neighborhood. Uh, there's flyers and all kinds of tools that you have available to you on our website for like turnkey, guerrilla marketing style ways to get the word out. Meet your donors where they are. The data shows that donors who engage with your nonprofit in multiple ways stick around longer and in turn they're going to give more. So get the word out absolutely everywhere that you can. Think about what you can start doing now to seed with your audience that Giving Tuesday is coming, especially for that top layer of folks in your audience who you know is going to be there, your really engaged folks. What touch points can you give to the people who haven't raised their hand yet? Can you give them an opportunity to raise their hand with a call to action that suits that group? So you wanna spend the next few weeks really priming the pump, reminding people that the big day is coming so that on launch day, all of a sudden you've built up equity with people and all you have to do is pay it off. People are out there being your advocates because you've primed them to do so. Uh, if, by the way, do you wanna know what the number one touch point is for participation on Giving Tuesday? Calendar invite, literally forward your constituents and your clients and your supporters a calendar file, like an Outlook, ICS, iCal calendar file, so that they know exactly what you want them to do on Giving Tuesday. If you want to get fancy, you can send to different groups, different calendar invites with clear instructions for what it is you want them to do. If you've organized a team of social media ambassadors, you can insert the copy-pastable social media within the body of the email with a reminder that today's the day I'd like you to post. If you are, and don't forget to include the link for your donate, uh, your donate page. Let's get Giving Tuesday to show up on everybody's Apple watches on December 3rd, okay? Giving Tuesday gives us an incredible opportunity to bring more people to the generosity table and have people understand how incredibly rewarding it is to give and show that their gifts are important too. 
you don't have to be a philanthropist. You don't have to have millions of dollars. You can change lives and have a positive impact in your community without even giving a penny. And I think people just don't think of themselves and think that they're valued in that way. So if Giving Tuesday serves the purpose of bringing them into that world and getting them addicted to generosity, then I think you're going to see the long tail effects of that much longer than one day a year. So as you plan your campaigns this year, I hope you'll think about creative ways that you can use Giving Tuesday, both to build awareness and support for your organization, but to also think about ways that you can inspire and create moments of joy within your community. George, it's you. Brilliant. Uh, thank you so much. I've been like feverishly taking notes on all of these things. I hope there are some questions from the audience building up. Uh, there was one mentioned, I know we're talking about various tools. We're trying to be, um, you know, as best we can, tool agnostic. So where we mentioned one, we can mention some others. Meredith will be posting some other peer-to-peer -peer fundraising platforms, you know, just to rattle off a few. Give Lively is one that is yeah. free. Technically, they take 0% fee. There are others that have other integrations. We are, you know, friends with people at Classy, at, um, at uh, gosh, Salsa, at, uh, QGive is another low-cost one. I, mean, I, th and I think most donation platforms have some sort of peer-to-peer -peer capability these days. It's, yeah. Um, Give Lively's, Give Lively's great. You can't go wrong with Give Lively. Yeah. So uh, thank you to the to that note, though, that we got in the, uh, in the channel and uh, for keeping us honest. Uh, some checklist items, just to sort of like round some of these pieces out, our designated champion. I think, you know, this takes time. And if it's sort of uh, announced from the top as saying, hey, everyone in this room, go do a thing. It's, it's uh, the number one thing that uh, will probably determine if any work actually gets done is saying, like, you are the champion. Uh, and that is the, you know, that is a starting point, And then you create a tactic. Uh, define an investment uh, of time. So or do you want that person spending full time until the day? Or uh, are you going to time box it to make sure that uh, it doesn't become all consuming? Set a goal. Our, is our goal to, uh, you know, activate volunteers? Is our goal to raise $5,000? Is our goal to, you know, do better than last year? Whatever it may be, uh, set a goal so that um, you can at least see how you do against that estimation uh, and expectation. Define the audience that you're trying to reach. Are, are you trying to rally your existing troop? Are you trying to pull in new folks? Uh, you should define your campaign concept, the, you know, the why the person's giving, or you know, uh, $25 will produce X impact for us, and this is why it is needed in this time frame. So not just give because Tuesday, but you know, some piece of narrative uh, can help. Uh, plan your email campaign, weekly building up a drumbeat. I literally wrote down that I have to add it to our, our guide. The idea of sending out a calendar invite is brilliant. Oh my gosh. Put that in an email coming up early on saying, hey, have you put your calendar? And like, oh my gosh, I love it. It's Add to calendar has some sort of new functionality that I've not tested yet that is theoretically able to create a link and then that generates a calendar invite for the person who clicks on it. Sure. Google Calendar has it. They, they all have Google it. The whole Calendar, point yeah. is like a public, yeah. a public facing calendar yep. invite that uh, people can just add. It's, um, you know, it, it's not a technical challenge. It's just no. hilarious that you could just show that in the email. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, yeah, do brilliant. that. Uh, you should plan uh, your major social platform posts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I'd love, love, love to see some people doing some stuff on TikTok as well, given that uh, young people activation might be an opportunity uh, to engage, create graphics and messages ahead of time. Uh, we love Canva for that. Uh, plan an ad spend. Uh, even if it's small, uh, there's going to be a lot of noise, but it is an opportunity to make sure that your existing audience can see what you're up to. Uh, set up a Facebook donation button if you haven't already, because it is a free fund processing uh, interface. And frankly, I know we're being tool agnostic, but there are still millions of dollars being uh, passed to and fro on Facebook. And start tracking, start tracking, making sure that you can track your donations through Google Analytics, that you can track in your CRM what is going on. Because you know what's a terrible thing? Uh, the day after Giving Tuesday, realizing that you got none of those data. So per the previous task of submit that donation, make sure you can see the right data 
in in the back. Um, I want to maybe we go to the next slide, but Meredith, I know we're getting some questions coming in as well. So maybe uh, there's some good stuff in here, and I would love to maybe go through some of these questions. Yeah. So one that just came through is, what is a must to have on graphics on social platforms when promoting Giving Tuesday? I don't know that there's a must. I, it, to be honest with you, I'm more impressed when folks come up with something really, really creative rather than just reposting the save the date that I have, which is great. You can do that. Um, but come up with something a little different. I included this year in our toolkit some overlays that you can use in Canva. That was my uh, grand plan. You can upload those into Canva and layer them as a layer over your own images from representing your nonprofit and your impact. Um, big fan of GIFs, any kind of animation, video, live streaming. I'm a huge fan of live streaming. I love it. I'd say double down on Canva, making sure that whatever assets you have are, are ready to go and the formats required. The other thing I would say is a, a must not do is use stock imagery, that like look of business success of yes. like somebody doing that. Like, because guess what happens? Other people are pulling from the same freaking library that you are. And there's nothing worse than when, guess what? Everyone announces what they're doing and you have like the same sad puppy that like- With the same everyone else has, splash like, photos. Stop yeah. that. Um, so yep. don't do that. Take the opportunity now to maybe challenge your audience or volunteers to go out there and say, hey, we need pictures uh, taken a certain way with a backdrop, a focal point of what we're doing, and get those assets now. So make it original, I'd say. Get it now. One more thing. Showcase your supporters if possible. Um, do Humans of New York style pieces about why your board joined the board and is committed to your organization, why your highest level donors are giving to you, why your cause matters to them, and use the opportunity to highlight them. And like George said, start gathering this stuff now if you haven't already. Awesome. Uh, one more question before we move on to this slide, George. Um, how can we leverage matches on Giving Tuesday? Excellent question. I'd suggest organizing your own match for your own organization. That way you're guaranteed to get it. I've heard of a lot of organizations pooling a fund from their board members or pooling a fund from local businesses or some vendors that they have. It doesn't have to be a lot. It really doesn't. Donors are incentivized by the word match, not necessarily how much the match is. If you can reallocate a major donor's gift they were planning on giving on December 31st, can you ask them to give it ahead of time so that you can double its impact? And that's incentive for both the major donor and your new donors. Yeah, I would just add, you know, tools like Double the Donation offer a automatic lookup for any individuals who happen to have, a, you know, a corporate match to, uh, to look that up. Uh, yeah, double down on on your own backyard. Like, there's a lot of the like, you're gonna see tons of these like, and we're gonna be matching dollar for dollar until our money runs out. Like, those are lotteries. Um, you know what? I, I'd focus on the assets that you can build internally, using it as an excuse to uh, pull in big donors rather than being like, all right, here's a lottery ticket just in case you know whoever um, is offering a match. Thanks, you two. Um, we have another question, but I think it's a good uh, way to tee up this next slide. How can we transform our regular visitors into donors? So remember the 99-1 rule, 90-9-1 rule here. And here we're looking at a pyramid where of basically an online audience, your community, your list of 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 folks on an email list or what have you, uh, effectively, what's happening is that 90% of them are lurking consumers, watching but never clicking or truly sort of giving that indication of, of action. If you had a campaign saying, hey, submit a photo, you could be pretty confident in saying that 1% of your audience would submit a photo and 90% would lurk and 9% may give that thumbs up, the passive participants, the thumbs up, the little comment, the kudos, giving Tuesday early on in terms of engaging your audience and how to, how to convert them is to leverage, getting to your question, is to leverage the 1% of folks that are already committed contributors to put that calendar invite on to commit to a deeper level of, hey, can you reach out to 10 people you know on this day? Not just post it, reach out directly to 10 people on this day because you can tell our story better than we can. 
invite them into the planning process, give them space to tell your story, and then they are going to do your work for you. That is my favorite approach to this. And, uh, you know, Kathleen, I'm, I'm curious what your take on that is. That's, no, I think, you, I think you hit it on the head. Every time we get into community, this is exactly how people naturally organize themselves. And effective digital strategy, out, even outside of Giving Tuesday, requires that we connect the dots between how someone first heard about us, how they engage with us now, and how you move them to engage in the way that we want them to engage. Um, and it's taking one, a, a grassroots up approach to organizing. If you build equity from the ground up, your people are going to be more invested in your cause. Uh, so you're moving those folks up the engagement ladder, of course, but start by meeting them where they are. Great, so moving on to the next slide, I've got another way of thinking about Giving Tuesday from a cost per acquisition, but like a commitment curve. What you're looking at here is a level of commitment versus time engaged, and it goes and escalates going from a view to a like to a share, getting uh, in an escalated way harder to achieve. It's easier to get a view than let's say a sign up, like someone signs up via email into your newsletter or they contribute time in some way or some type of action, then donate and then attend. So right now, that's a high barrier to action. You know, just to put our cards on the table, we had over 200 people, for instance, sign up for this very webinar. And guess what? Uh, you know, call it a little over a quarter, 30% have actually physically attended. And that's like a high barrier to action, but tons of people viewed it or signed up. And so along this curve, what is fascinating is that there is a dollar value that I can put when we enter the landscape of digital advertising. I mentioned putting a little ad spend on there, but basically what will happen is on Giving Tuesday, a lot of the view and like and share elements, the early part of the curve, people are already aware that this is a day where from a social proof standpoint, other people are giving, it's time to give. And so the cost for everything may shift down and getting a, a donor on this day will be a lot less than a benchmark of $65 coming from AdStage and MNR benchmarks of 2018 uh, on the day of giving if this audience knows you and there's social proof in the air. Um, but I encourage you to play with this and experiment, set a goal, and guess what? Let us know if, uh, if you do strike gold with this. On the next slide, I also want to just talk about one hard and fast tactic uh, around resending emails. In this game, what I need you to consider doing is send your, obviously, your initial email about, you know, Giving Tuesday. Create a list of people then who didn't open that email. Send another email with the first unopened list with just a different subject line. So you're going to take all this time to write great copy, the perfect hook, and what have you, and people won't open it for whatever reason. Just changing the subject line and resending to those unopened will dramatically increase the open rate. Hypothetically, let's say email one was delivered to 10 people, three people opened it, and then you just resend to those seven people, which you can quickly filter out, to open it, net-net, you had five opens, 50% open rate over your 10 delivered. Basically, reusing, repackaging, saving you time, and hopefully producing a higher return on that email uh, machine that you're, you're running as we get uh, to and on Giving Tuesday. On the next slide, the final piece, we talked about Canva for nonprofits. Uh, seriously, go get Canva for nonprofits if you haven't already. Uh, tremendous. Where, uh, actually, Kathleen, where can people find your package? What did we do before Canva? I don't even remember. Unclear. Very on givingtuesday.org, there's a section of our website that is for, it's for organizations. There's all kinds of stuff in there. There's a social media toolkit. There are graphics. Um, there's everything that you could possibly want or need. Take a, It's the original logo file uh, for Giving Tuesday is there, all iterations of it. You should take it and recreate it and make it custom to your organization please do that. Show us what you come up with. We love creativity. Yeah. And this will, this will serve you also beyond Giving Tuesday. This is just good housekeeping 101. Uh, because guess what? After Giving Tuesday, you're still going to want people to give and Canva will still be there. So use this as an excuse to build up an asset that will be valuable moving forward. On the next slide, we've got uh, some QA opportunities, but if we don't get any more questions, and I have a, I have a question uh, maybe or two for 
for you, Kathleen, but giving our, our yeah. audience a chance. Uh, Meredith, how much time do we have left just to make sure we respect the webinar rules of engagement? We have about 25 minutes, so plenty of time for Q&A and um, fun activity that I know you have slated for after the Q&A uh, or in the middle, whatever works. Um, we do have one question that came in. Is there a match that's too high, going back to the conversation about match giving? So I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. And my inclination is that no, it might not be too high, but if you can use some of that money elsewhere, then do it. Donors don't need a lot to incentivize them to match. So you Any other thoughts, George? Yeah. Um, the one thing is you want to make sure that, let, I, I think maybe I'm reading into this question a little bit, but let's say you've got a, a massive donor saying, I'm going to match you up to 100 grand uh, for Giving Tuesday. And you're like, I think I can only get 10 grand of that. And don't leave money on the table. Um, in a negotiation here, just make sure you have a caveat that, okay, we can extend it to the end of the year. So too much would be something that uh, completely dwarfs expectation in that way. So in the phrasing, both with managing expectations of that donor and the matching side, as well as with the public, it, you know, there's nothing sadder than the thermometer that never reaches 1%. So there's no other questions in the chat for now. So uh, feel free to continue on George and Kathleen, but for attendees, keep sharing those questions in the chat and I'll keep them up for uh, when, when we're ready to answer. So Kathleen, you teased us with some of the youth. You. Yeah, you teased you, me personally uh, with a youth program, the kids uh, giving Tuesday yes. for kids. Can you tell us more giving about Tuesday that? Giving Tuesday for kids. I would love to tell you more about that. Um, it was round about February. A young lady named Chloe Thompson. She was 11 years old at the time. She's since turned 12. She DM'd us on Instagram and said, "You know what? I really love your mission and I love what you do." Uh, I'm a kid and how, and I'd like to know how I can get involved. Like, look, I don't, my peers and I, we don't necessarily have money to give to nonprofits, but we believe that we're givers and that we have the capacity to make change on our world. And she asked us if she could lead Giving Tuesday Kids. And we obviously cheered and screamed through the phone at this poor little girl. She was so exciting. And we invited her to our conference. It was like weeks before the timing just worked out so perfectly. She spoke at our conference. She runs her own nonprofit in her abundant 12-year-old time. She goes to school and runs her own nonprofit. She collects and distributes toiletry bags for women experiencing homelessness in Los Angeles. She installs water pipes in Ghana. It's incredible. And so she's leading Giving Tuesday Kids. She's built a website, givingtuesdaykids.org, and she has a goal to challenge and rally a million young people all over the world to participate in Giving Tuesday in some way this year. Uh, they're mostly going to be doing volunteer activations and acts of kindness after school on Giving Tuesday. It's been incredible to see what these kids are coming up with. She built a list of ideas uh, for projects that kids can do, all, all ranges of abilities uh, from really low bar items to organizing a project like hers. Um, and we're incredibly excited to see what these kids do. Yeah, I love that. Uh, my background is I spent seven years at dosomething.org, the largest organization for youth and, and social impact. And uh, one thing I learned over that time is just don't underestimate uh, this generation. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's Absolutely. So inspiring. Um, do something's partnering with us, kindness.org, We Day, um, the Boys and Girls Club of America have committed that all of their 1,300 Keystone Clubs and Torch Clubs, those are their service clubs, are going to be doing their capstone projects on Giving Tuesday. It's going to be amazing. Oh, that's fun. Is there any way that, uh, well, here it is. What, what tactic for nonprofits listening right now, what tactic can they use to engage the, you know, let's say the, the kids of their supporters to be involved. How do you phrase that in a way that doesn't maybe uh, confuse the messaging uh, of maybe their target of giving? So I think it's a lot of things. We pose this question to Chloe quite often because it's one of the questions that we ask very often. And Chloe kind of rolls her eyes at us when we ask her this question. And she basically says, just be authentic. 
don't talk down to us just because I'm 12. That doesn't mean that I don't understand the big challenge that you're working towards. I, I'm able to understand it. And she said to me once, if, if I don't understand a word, then I'm just going to look it up in the dictionary. So don't talk down to me. She didn't say and, dictionary. She said Google. Come on. <laughs> Dictionary.com. There it is. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's reaching folks where they are with a message that's going to resonate with them. Uh, Giving Tuesdays are really, again, it's a really great way to experiment. So if you're going to use that as time to figure out what Tic Tac's all about, why not try that out on Giving Tuesday? And follow us while you're at it. I have a brand new Tic Tac account that I don't know what I'm doing yet. So by all just, means. Just do music videos. It'll be good. <laughs> the, the kids, the, uh, the youth ambassadors are going to take it over. Oh, I'm boy. excited to see what they come up with. It's going to be, I'm just going to give them the password they can have at it. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. Okay. There's a question from uh, Lisa. Does anyone have experience using Giving Tuesday for elder care services like nursing homes? And do you have experience securing giving for this type of organization from 18 to 34-year-olds? Okay. To the first question, I just learned about a community campaign called Give 65. I think I have that right. I'll look it up and make sure that I get that to you. And it's for... Uh, organizations that serve seniors. It's a giving day specifically for them. It, there's a match and it. it's a whole thing. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, I don't have experience for the 18 to 34 year old language. However, I would maybe, I, I don't know the sensitivity to the, the grandparent or echoing that, but um, everyone's somebody, grand, somebody could be somebody's grandparent um, and, and that type of messaging potentially. Um, okay. We always worry about either getting lost in the noise on Giving Tuesday or in an effort to rise above the noise, will we overload our audience? Do you have any tips for towing this line? Yes. Lots of them. Don't even know where to begin. Um, we like the noise. We think it's fantastic. Uh, when you create something and a campaign that's creative enough, you're you're going to reach your goals. And remember, you're not trying to break through to the 21.7 billion people who are tweeting about Giving Tuesday. You're breaking through to your own supporters and that outside circle around them. So it's, the noise is, I think, more limited than folks think that it might be. And people, what we're learning from the data from Giving Tuesday is that people want to give and they want to give more. So I'd suggest not thinking about it that way. I'd suggest framing it as an opportunity instead of how can I bust through the noise? Do you have anything to add, George? Um, You know, I I think I come back to time boxing your investment and making sure that, you know, you don't make it all consuming and it's part of the kickoff of your fundraising for the season. Um, Rising above the noise, I've given you some uh, digital advertising uh, tactics. We have more about uh, about that. And, you know, I, I don't worry about overloading your existing audience because, you know, you can look at unsubscribes and you can look at those pieces. And I think based on what I've seen across data, like the amount, uh, the, the tolerance for this like cause related messaging is, is actually far higher than you may realize. Uh, and if it's not, you know, check your doctor results may vary, but those data are available to you in your uh, email and subscribes and, and various bounces. Absolutely. I think it's just being smart about who your target audiences are and you might not be you might not be blasting your campaign to absolutely everybody who's at your disposal. It depends on what your goal is. Uh, best way to get kids to know about our nonprofit. I mean, I think we just spent some solid time there uh, on the Giving Tuesday Kids. Well, it the only other thing I'd add is or I or I would pose a question right back is do you have young people represented at your organization? Chloe talks about this a lot too. Is there a way for you to bring youth voice into the cause that you're trying to move the needle on? Is that, and that can be in a lot of different ways. Do you have a youth ambassador on your board if you want to go really bold? Or do you have an associate board that's made up of younger folks? All right. What differences in messaging should there be between nonprofits and for profits when utilizing a Giving Tuesday campaign? So it's a lot and very little. I mean, the message of Giving Tuesday is that we're not out to try to create 
the biggest crowdfunding day of all time. We're trying to build a more just and generous world. And we do that by uplifting generosity and by celebrating givers and not necessarily how can we raise the most funds. So I think both nonprofits and for-profits can utilize that particular messaging. Look, this is, these are the ways that we're giving back to our, to our community. And here are some ways that you can join us in that. Yeah, I would say the authenticity thing is has to be very, very carefully done and make sure you're not cause washing your organization or uh, disingenuously using Giving Tuesdays, such as if you put it all over the like, you know, your your for profits website or your storefront, and then it's found out later that you gave like exactly 37 cents, like that's something that will bite you very, very hard and deservedly. So Okay. Uh, back to planning period. If we're just coming out to Giving Tuesday now, one month, not four months out, any recommendations of what to do at minimum to engage stakeholders, an email, day before, day off, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, I have a toolkit built specifically for you. On the resources page of givingtuesday.org, I have a 50-day timeline. It's for procrastinators. It lays out exactly what you should do on each during each week of the four weeks now that we have to go. Um, and I cannot stress the calendar invite enough. It's the one if it's the one thing that you do before the end of this week. It's get your calendar invite out to all your everyone, uh, everyone on your list. Yeah, I love the procrastinate. Yeah, it's uh, it's not too late to put together some it is some messages uh, and. Uh, again, making sure some of that block and tackle of our checklist uh, has been done uh, with regard to making sure your donate buttons are working. If you can on Facebook, making sure that donate is there, that you recruit some of the um, you know one percent uh, contributors of your organization to, to to be part of the planning. Yeah, um, and test and t I'd suggest testing your mobile too. It's a very good portion of Giving Tuesday gifts that are coming in on mobile. So that's the other thing that you want to do this week is give yourself a gift on your cell phone and make sure that it functions and looks nice. Uh, we have a we have a super fan sending their best uh, Kermit Farmer from villagecreed.com is uh, something to check out as well. Hey, hey, Kermit, sorry you couldn't join us. I'm sure you'll hear this later. Uh, appreciate your support. Monica, you're asking some great questions here, certainly around, uh, we've reached out to kids, but don't seem to bite. Uh, mostly we hear they're too busy, can't use Facebook and Instagram and so on, how to tell them. It would help if we understood a bit more about your cause because frankly, there's, uh, and speaking from a data perspective, inherent bias towards certain causes. Young people will resonate and be more willing to engage with certain types of causes than others. And sometimes, frankly, uh, it's a Sisyphean effort, and I don't want to say it is impossible, but there's an unfair advantage, I will say, that the environment has. There's an unfair advantage that animal and animal-related causes have based on the data. That is not to say it is impossible. However, uh, it, it is something to, to consider if you, if you don't find your message resonating. Uh, I don't know, Kathleen, what do you have to say on that? Um, yes. <laughs> do something just held an event yesterday. If you go out, if you look on Do Something's Twitter, you'll find a live tweet of the entire event that had all kinds of helpful information around youth engagement. They had a slide that said that youth do, this, it said at the top, if I'm remembering, youth give to, youth are concerned about all the causes and, you know, and do something's manner. They had some crazy gif with it. Um, young people care. They really do you're going to get hits with some kids and you're going to miss with other kids. And yeah, kids are busy, but giving back seems to be, at least for the kids that I'm mobilizing with Giving Tuesday Kids, a critical piece, if not even more important uh, piece of their lives. So I guess with anything else, it's testing and iterating and figuring out what messages you are working with these kids, which ones aren't, and if there's a kid who can help you with that messaging even. Yeah. Uh, in general, absolutely. This generation cares more, votes more, volunteers more, and per yeah. by percentage uh, gives more. Anytime you hear some stupid data point that the generation doesn't care, 
uh, that person is not looking at data and they're not speaking from an informed perspective. One tactic can be do something has tons of causes and campaigns that are going on, shop for your cause, see how it's framed, look at the messaging, look at the language, yeah. uh, because they are, they are trying to activate across every cause. Uh, Monica, you, you responded here saying that uh, this is uh, mobility. These are helping people with mobility issues uh, to access to the outdoors, access ability, Wisconsin. Uh, I would steal Kathleen's idea here and saying, uh, what is that story of somebody uh, being helped that is resonant with that audience? So how, you know, uh, a particular young person uh, was engaged, uh, maybe they were, uh, that was their father or grandfather or someone involved, but from their eyes, from their perspective and their story, allowing them to say what it meant that they were able to get access. Uh, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts, Kathleen? Or, or showing the story of young people as well. I'm certain that you, that Monica, that you support and help young people um, in accessibility as well. Um, share those stories. Share those stories as much as you can. Yeah, and I'd say no, you know, uh, one of the, 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 the silent credos of, of do something at various points was, you know, uh, no money, no car, no adult. Uh, is the thing you're asking a young person to do requiring that they drive to X or open up a wallet they don't have? Have, yeah. Right, so, so how are you uh, creating an activation uh, in that realm? But, yep. you know, no barriers to entry. Yeah. All righty. How are we doing on time, Meredith? Um, this, is, this has been a great series of questions. Yeah, we have about eight minutes left. Ooh, I'm very tempted to move to the next slide and, and tackle a, a quick pro versus con if you're up for it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, two, give some flavor. This is also going to be a podcast, the wholewhale.com slash podcast, using the whole whale. We always have with, with guests, or sometimes we do, uh, a pro versus con. So if you go to the next slide on here, uh, we're going to be basically doing uh, two sides of the pro versus con of should your organization participate in Giving Tuesday? And we're assuming by organization around a million dollars in annual revenue, requisite staff, working on a cause uh, that you know we've, we've covered today potentially. Uh, so which side would you like, the pro or con side, Kathleen? Oh, I'm on the pro side. <laughs> I just wanted to give you the option. And I'll be taking the con side. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay. So first off, uh, we have a small team, and we are already busy with our end-of-year giving uh, plans, and this is just going to disrupt uh, our existing messaging campaign, and I don't think it's a good use of our time. What say you? Oh, what say me? You're using Giving Tuesday to kick off your end of year. You're not running two separate campaigns. You're just using it to, to kick off. Um, you're making one donation page that's branded Giving Tuesday, and your thermometer is going to go up really high uh, because Giving Tuesday does that. And then you're going to repurpose that same page and that same thermometer for your end of year. Just take the Giving Tuesday stuff off, and it becomes your end of year campaign. We're all friends here. There are, are clearly no competitors in the nonprofit sector. That being said, our competitors are asking their audiences uh, and making much more savvy social media asks uh, to give to their causes that overlap with ours, that may even steal some of our thunder. Why on earth would we wanna send all of our audience into a pool where we're not winning on social, on you know the, the, the various asks. Because we're here to lift all boats. There is no competition. There is no competition. We are here to lift all boats. If, if we can all together move the needle on the cause that we're all working for together, that's a, that's a big win. I'm super concerned that we're going to have a big goal of raising a annual operating budget because I heard on this webinar once that an organization someone did, did. Someone did, and, and that's our goal. And it's gonna be really embarrassing and also demoralizing to staff and our existing audience uh, when we don't reach our $100,000 goal. So to be clear, that was not their goal at all. Their goal was, I don't know, 1 24th of that. And yeah, this woman was crying tears of joy because she was absolutely surprised and pleased. Um, now I forgot the question. 
Well, you can make a pro, you can make any pro point at all, but I'm just saying uh, uh, we're, we're concerned that we're going to have, we're going to, you know, crash our own house party because nobody came. No, no such thing. No such thing. You're going to have a party no matter what. Okay. So you're, you're, you're calling the Beastie Boys defense on that one. That's understood. I uh, my next one is our organization does obviously great work on the ground. Uh, we don't have a huge list of people and we're just quote, not that good on social like other organizations. This just seems like a social media campaign uh, and it's just not our forte. Why should, like, I just don't think it makes sense for us. So can you use Giving Tuesday to test some things? Can you use Giving Tuesday as a, a learning opportunity to get better on social media? Can you employ some of your highest engaged supporters to do either a social ambassador type on selfie campaign for you? Can you uh, employ them to do peer-to-peer -peer fundraising on, on Giving Tuesday? Or can you do something that's not fundraising at all because that's not the only option on Giving Tuesday? I kept talking about how we'd really like to see this as a day of action. Is there something else entirely that you can do to celebrate generosity on Giving Tuesday that's not even fundraising? Yeah, and P.S., a volunteer or someone who's given time to you is 10 times more likely to mm -hmm. give later yep. on. Yep, absolutely. All right, my final, my final attack here, braving, <laughs> braving this defense, thank you so much. But my final attack here is I hear from a lot of experts that it's all about segmentation and especially not putting out messages to my high net worth individuals or big donors uh, for small asks. I heard about yes. like one organization that like, Basically, there was this person who used to give $10,000, but then they just got a Giving Tuesday ask and they only gave $1,000. That cost our organization $9,000 because they felt like they had been yeah, don't do that. generous this year. Yes, don't do that. And if this is one of the things that you're doing this week and next week is making sure that you're set up to not do that, make sure that your MailChimp is talking to your donor database in a way that you can make sure that that doesn't happen. Absolutely, your board should not be getting the same message that you're giving to your $5 supporters and your $9,000 supporters should not be getting that message either. Segmentation, right. segmentation, segmentation. Well, I feel like you've been on your heels this entire time. I'll, I'll hand it to you, your final pro point for why an organization should be participating in Giving Tuesday. Because this is an absolutely incredible opportunity to change our world and make it a more generous and just society. And if we can uplift this value of generosity and create these moments of joy on Giving Tuesday, we have a huge opportunity to increase pro-social behaviors in other ways as well. So if it. you have... <laughs> If you have questions, you can reach me anytime at Giving Tuesday across any social channel, including TikTok and Snapchat. I'm there, whether anybody else is there or not. Um, honestly, you can DM me anytime, and I will personally answer your questions at any time. Uh, thank you so much for your time and expertise. This will be recorded no, and shared. Uh, I will also make the, the, the point, now that I don't have to wear the econ hat, that it is truly a rising tide, and this isn't a winner-take-all. Giving and generosity is not winner-take-all. And in fact, the, the more we push this flywheel as a group and the more we consider the, the collective uh, social awareness of Giving Tuesday as something you should do, we still have a long way to go. The people that know, know. However, it is nowhere near the uh, cognitive awareness of a Black Friday, of the commercialism of these holidays. So bringing it back to uh, an idea of thanks and an idea of giving in its truest form requires that we all sort of nod in the sense that I believe in lifting the tide. It's why Whole Whale gets behind it. And we wish you nothing but unlimited success uh, this giving season. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your work, Kathleen. No, thanks for having me, and likewise to you. I want to move into some quick rapid-fire questions for you. Are, are you prepared? Oh no. oh, no, I hope so. Oh, no. Okay. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year? Does a, a tech tool, uh, does a gimbal count for my cell phone? It stabilizes the phone while I'm making video. It's the m most brilliant 
item that I think I've purchased in a year. It counts. Give me a tech issue that you are currently battling with um, at Giving Tuesday. Uh, figuring out how to live stream this year without me staying up for 24 hours in order to do it. So wish me luck. What is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? Giving Tuesday kids and the 2020 election. Talk about a mistake that you made earlier in your career that now shapes the way you do things today. So probably not speaking up in meetings when I knew I had something to contribute. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? So that's the whole point, isn't it? Isn't that the mark of success? We're supposed to be working every day to make ourselves unnecessary, right? Are we supposed to be asking ourselves what, like how close did we come to putting ourselves out of business this year, right? And now, of course, there's organizations who are tackling things like domestic violence and alcoholism and things that won't ever go away. But I think in a lot of cases, that's the whole point. If I could put you in a hot tub time machine, back to your beginning of work, I guess this would be almost a plus year ago uh, at Giving Tuesday, what advice would you give yourself? I would, I would go back even farther than that even. Um, well, it's your I hot tub time machine, so My you hot tub time machine will. goes way back, and I would say to myself to be protective of my time and don't say yes to everything. How long back have you taken the hot tub time machine in this Oh, moment? goodness. Uh, early 2000s. What is something that you think either you or your organization should stop doing? It's me and stop saying yes to absolutely everything. P.S. Thanks for saying yes to this webinar. No problem. <laughs> if you had a Harry Potter style wand to wave across the industry, what would it do? Okay, I think it would force whatever foundation I pointed it at to voluntarily raise their minimum payouts. <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> That's allowed. It's your wand. Absolutely. Wand. I kind of love it. Thanks. I All right. How, how did you get started in the social impact sector? It's a very long story. I'll give the short answer of it is that I started in community organizing. I live here in Chicago um, and I did this at a very, very young age. We're talking eight, 12 years old. Um, I got into politics shortly after college. I worked for a rather famous campaign here in Chicago. And then I moved into fundraising for nonprofits because I liked connecting people with a need. And here I am. What advice would you give college grads currently looking to enter the social impact sector? So I'd ask them to manage their expectations. It's not all unicorns and rainbows. And you'll be wearing many, many different hats. So make sure that you're well-rounded, get a mentor, um, learn how to fail gracefully, and often, and that's, that's how innovation happens, right? What career advice did your parents give you early on that you either followed or did not follow? Meet everyone and say hello to everyone and network like you've never networked before. I'm assuming you followed that advice? I followed that advice and it's gotten me everything that I've ever had today. All right, well, this will be at the end of the amazing webinar that I'm sure has just happened in the in the near future. We're so excited that you took this time and best of luck, uh, of course, with the day that is approaching on December 3rd, I believe. 39 days, who's whoa, counting? Whoa, uh, as of recording in October. Okay, thank you so much. My pleasure. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at wholewhale. And thanks for joining us. To purchase the full webinar with slides and to find all of our webinars and courses, visit wholewhale.com slash university.